0: Hello and welcome to Newspeak, the New Culture Forums Look at the weekly news agenda. Very pleased, as usual, to have our senior fellows with us, Rafe Hadelman Koo, historian and royal commentator, and Dr. Philip Kisley from Leeds University Cultural Historian. Welcome guys. Um, right, well this week, of course, we've had Harry in the dock, or is it Harry in the Witness Box? Uh, but anyway, that's been quite a big thing this week and uh, we're going to be talking about that also of course there was this rather offensive video brought out by Oxfam Mm -hmm. charity Um, we're going to be discussing that and finally uh, we're going to be look at the number of chickens coming home to roost when it comes to COVID there's been a report out by the Johns Hopkins College University in Chicago which more or less says that lockdowns were a huge public disaster. Mm. Um, I'm sure there are many of you who will disagree violently with that. Uh, anyway, we'll start off with Harry actually. Um, now, have you been uh, commenting <coughs> on this GB news haven't you? Pretty much all week sir. I- is he now out of the witness box? Is he? Is
1: yes, so he's had a day and a half of um, grilling by the beast of the courtroom, mm. uh, uh, Andrew Green who's the uh, counsel, the barrister for uh, the Mirror Group. Who's been basically slicing through all of the arguments of Prince Harry with surgical skill and revealing that there's not much meat on the bones of his of his mm-hmm. arguments the bones of his case. It's been a historic occasion, This is the first time for 130 years that a member of the royal family has actually um, gone into give would evidence.
0: You have been the Prince of Wales uh, would Prince of it Wales. It was, was. It was names. He had a, a you know, cross case, wasn't it? Yeah. He the uh, got into
1: trouble with. Uh, over, yeah, it uh, was a Baccarat game with uh, a chap who used to lend him his house for illicit encounters <laughs> and uh, anyway he, w- he went into the, the witness box but uh, it's been quite astonishing you know we had yesterday when he, when he first went into the box well I said that when we were recording uh, where Prince Harry actually said that the government was mm-hmm. at rock bottom something completely without precedent mm-hmm. to have a member of the royal family mm-hmm. and he still is a member of the royal family albeit not working actually criticise his father's government mm-hmm. I mean it's, 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 it's astonishing but also what we realised was that, you know, this was supposed to be his great day in court when he could finally after years, hold the press <coughs> to account. And what we realised was that there wasn't much substance to any of the, uh, his, of, of his arguments. The, there were 33 key articles which were supposed to have been um, written on the basis of uh, information got through mm-hmm. phone hacking and so forth. And it, it turns out much of that information was already in the public domain yeah. before the articles were published. Other mm-hmm. information had been given by Princess Diner in an interview uh, and it just seems that throughout this man doesn't even recall reading these articles mm. the ones that allegedly gave him decades of paranoia he can't even recall whether or not he read them and so all you see is a deeply disturbed person yeah. whose much of his grievances are actually figments of his imagination it seems almost.
0: Yeah, it, it, He apparently appeared very very uncomfortable is that right? Yeah,
1: yeah. well he looks well we, we don't know for a start because we weren't, there were no cameras there but they, we had conflicting evidence about that but he has got quite touchy under some of the cross-examination mm. and, that's, and that's the skill of this barrister actually is to be more conversational than confrontational yeah. and mm. let you, make you, lull you into a false sense of security mm. so you will divulge things you weren't supposed to divulge and you won't be aware that you've actually done it. Yeah, <laughs> well mm. I
2: think this is a, a really good example of him uh, he's not used to people actually properly questioning him is he? He's you know Mm. Oprah you know versus Mm. this barrister which he who's very pleasant but is 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 a kind of pleasant assassin isn't he? Um, I I was just thinking about the 1890 case the Baccarat scandal Um, and and in that instance uh, the Prince of Wales was they had to drag him kicking and screaming to the witness box this is the complete opposite you know mm. uh, but I think as soon as he got there from what I can gather and from, from what you've been saying he, he, he's he's really regretting it isn't he because I suppose in a way it's this huge privilege that he has that he doesn't realise he has that he takes for granted mm. uh, and soon as he gets up against someone who really knows what they're doing who's a real professional yes he's going to fall to pieces can i just ask because he Played the race card as far as his wife's concerned yet or not?
1: No, I don't, that, that hasn't come up because right. we're dealing about a period before he actually met Meghan Markle. Yes, so I che- Chelsea Davy was his love interest at the time. Y- yeah, but, the, but there
2: was a there was a, a piece today, I think, in the Telegraph where he, he did he did mention Meghan Markle. That's why I asked oh, right. actually. So I think he has mentioned her. I just wondered whether
1: he played the race card. Not, or not or to my yeah, not yeah. not to my knowledge. But it is interesting that you know because of course we have to say you know it's easy to pile on Prince Harry in the 1980s and 90s. The British tabloid press were absolutely evil. They were poisonous, yeah. They, they, they were vile mm. and I could fully understand why Ch- Chelsea did Ch- Chelsea Davy decided that it wasn't worth the trouble to stay, mm. to stay you know, with him and you can only think of those what-ifs of history. What if they actually had stayed together? We would have been spared mm. all of the drama of the last three years. Mm. But we went into this expecting Prince Harry sort of reveal a smoking gun and this mm. ended up being a, a completely damp squib mm. and as you say I just wish Andrew Green had been sitting on that sofa next to Oprah. Mm.
2: I, think, yeah. I think this is one of those things where it isn't a clear-cut case as you say because of, of historically what's mm. happened and, and, and the nature of the tabloid press, it isn't a clear-cut case of right or wrong but I think what it will do is make people sit up and it might make him grow up a little bit this might be very good for him and it it might enable him to kind of see his own life and I've said it before but you know his own privilege in in clearer uh, and and more kind of mature sight
0: You see I'm sort of like rather resent even having to think about him in that way Mm. I mean you know he's important to me insofar as he is a member of the royal family and what he should do as a member of the royal family. Other than that I don't really care Mm. you know but so uh, it has become very much a kind of psychological study Mm. of him. With this government thing, um, I don't quite know why he said it actually, he said the press right and the government uh, you know are the main you know criteria by by which people judge a country and ours are uh, Brockgarten right So, so basically press I can understand him saying that mm. but he made one point which is actually I think perfectly valid which is when he said that you don't have a press even holding a to account anymore and I mm. think that that's actually mm. Mm. Yeah. Correct, even though it seems to be entirely beside, yeah. beside the Why did he Well they're the selective
1: president. in how, the, how they hold the government to account, oh. I don't think anyone yeah. could say they didn't hold the government to account over these parties for example and you know mm. and so forth but uh, his argument basically was that the, the press and the government go hand in hand mm-hmm. and they and the, but also of course he's got a lawsuit against the Home Office as well, oh. another affairs, the mm. first member of a royal family to take uh, his father's government to court oh. over the provision of security when he, when he's in the country. So there are several cases that are going on here. Not to mention the case in America oh. where the Heritage Foundation, the premier uh, right-wing think-tag in the world um, is taking the Department of Homeland Security to court oh, mm-hmm. over Prince Harry's visa application oh. and whether or not he lied on it. Oh. So the, the, Heri- the Heritage Foundation have uh, the, the Homeland Security in their crosshairs over immigration issues in general Hmm. and what they want to see is there are two questions on the immigration visa which mention drug use, Hmm. did he answer those truthfully, in which case why was he granted a visa Hmm. or if he answered them untruthfully Hmm. he should be ejected from the country Hmm. and America's been very strict on this you know, um, Hmm. Hmm. what's her name, Nigella Lawson was uh, wasn't allowed to board a flight to America Hmm. in 2013, Pete Doherty from the Libertines Hmm. was sent back as soon as he arrived in America for previous drug uses. So the judge today in America uh, ruled that uh, the the, the government has one week Hmm. to reveal the immigration visa, if they don't then it will go before the courts to decide whether it should be released and revealed and if it turns out that he lied. Um, or that it was truthful even, he could be deported. Yeah, well this is what happens isn't it when you, when you stir
2: up these things, when you've got, when you, you, you're absolutely monomaniacal about something and you don't think about the repercussions mm. because you're totally focused on something that's extremely personal and the repercussions are extremely public, you know,
0: I'm sorry but there you go. I think, you know, going back to this whole Farrago really, um, going right back to Oprah, and when they basically accused a member of the royal family for what they call being racist, what a lot of mm-hmm. other people would see was actually quite a reasonable remark to mm-hmm. make about the baby you know. Mm-hmm. Um, that for me, is, that was the linchpin of what so much of this in terms yeah. of damage but in fact they've never followed up on that have no. they at all? They made what I don't think it's even mentioned in his biography you know mm-hmm. any of that stuff so I mean I'm just I just wonder you know, well he whether, backtracked, he didn't say was an, a lie He actually.
1: backtracked in an interview and said well nobody in my family is racist right. and that's not, that, that wasn't the implication well, No! Of course it was the implication No,
2: yeah yeah, 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 yeah And, <coughs> and all of this uh, I, I, we've done it to death I know but all of this victimhood it's its easy to forget isn't it that he was so hugely popular and he got mm. away with all sorts mm. of stuff you know mm. the things that the, some of the stunts he pulled, wearing swastika and stuff like that you know mm-hmm. I think um he he was treated with you know very very easily very lightly for that uh, and people adored Meghan and 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 mm. the the wedding was such a a, a joyous occasion mm. you know he he's his memory just just stops I mm-hmm. think at the Oprah Winfrey thing and and that's and, and that's where it starts. He's Interesting, some of a the a thing,
1: some of the things he's come out with and said have been quite astonishing. Today mm. he said that uh, it's not in the public interest as to whether or not he took drugs. Uh, But I'm sorry, if you were a politician (laughs) or you are a member of the Royal Family and then you're being funded by the state you know there is a public interest Mm. and in in fact it was only a few months ago that it was claimed in the Daily Mail and elsewhere that whenever there's going to be a drug test on his military base he was excused to go on urgent business to Buckingham Palace mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> each time there's mm-hmm. going to be a drugs now that, is that not a, a public interest issue when the, to, the military is giving you a free pass? Exactly, <laughs>
2: it's, it's hugely but I mean uh, this, this public interest thing uh, 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 community responsibility versus personal freedom is, is as old as the hills I remember in 1967 when all the Rolling Stones got put in prison Mick Jagger made the same mm-hmm. uh, made the same argument you know well what I do personally has nothing to do with uh, with my professional life you know even though uh, millions and millions of young people are going to emulate him so
0: you know he's better people have done it you know yeah so she's uh, she's well and truly keeping out of it isn't she Megan? I don't blame her
1: yeah well of course her PR team have advised them both recently mm. that they need to take a back step a step backwards because all that they've been too much in the news and all the news around them mm. has been negative mm. Mm. and Megan is acutely aware of that and she is not supporting her husband in this she thinks this is a mistake but this mm. is his personal vendetta. Mm and also she thinks that that spare was a mistake because mm. that made them into an international laughing stock with South Park and so forth, oh. you know, the, our privacy tour, global privacy tour, talking about his frozen todger on television, <laughs> and, yeah, all this sort, sort, sort of stuff um, and she, rea- she realises what the damage that that has yeah. and so she, she's now trying to relaunch herself through her uh, TIG which made her famous in the first Why place. I can't. I can't remember. But this is a, li- a lifestyle <laughs> luxury cat, website. Yeah. Something <laughs> to do with makeup and things, I imagine. Uh, <laughs> but um, that's that's uh, that's basically her, her 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 view now is that she wants to essentially carve her own path in mm. life. Now that yeah. she's got all she can from Prince mm. Harry, which has given her the, yeah. the leapfrogging into the upper echelons of society, allegedly. Uh, she'll now used that, and now he's become um, he's become a liability yeah. more than an asset. And so we can we can see a separation
2: in the future. We can see a divorce. Mm-hmm. We can see him coming back. We can mm-hmm. see oh dear, you know, poor
0: Harry, more of the mm-hmm. same. The level of conspiracy theories now on is uh, quite extraordinary. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you, you ever looked, I mean, there are people. The level of visceral hatred, actually, for her particularly, mm-hmm. uh, is I, I've actually got more of a thing for him because I think he's been just. Treacherous in some mm. ways, but I mean, she is hated. I mean, the whole things about the right. family not really being real. She's um, the Yoko the Ono not. of the twenty first century, isn't yes, she?
1: I think that exactly. that's unfair to Yoko. Ono <laughs> it's unfair
0: to Yoko yeah, Ono. Yeah, but anyway, well, uh, while he was uh, tuning away there in the in the witness box, um, there's been a really nasty video actually came mm. out. I think nasty, um, which uh, was published by. Oxfam as part of their support for this pride month that's going on you must have seen about it maybe now but it had a particularly bad representation in it of uh, people who attack you know the trans movement, Philip um, what was the main the main sort of cause of of the controversy with this? Well this
2: was a this was a video wasn't it which had a woman uh, a, ca- a cartoon version of a woman like a demon with red eyes and this this yes. horrible face with with turf written on her
0: trans exclusionary radical, radical, radical feminist. feminist
2: turf this is a you know a, a term but um this caricature actually looks quite a lot like jk rowling right okay so that's that's where it starts people saw this and there was uh, quite rightly an uproar bearing in mind um oxfam's previous with abuse and women and allegations mm. and, and and god knows prostitutes and god knows what okay mm. so there's that but if you think about the culture uh, the the current crisis in in culture and society, this is almost like a case study in mm. a way right so you, so you 've got you know there's a, a a crisis of purpose here they're supposed to be about um, you know helping to eradicate poverty it's particularly poverty in families, that's what Oxfam that's what they're about and yet they are acting as cheerleaders for the trans lobby okay Mm, now mm. in doing that they're exactly the same as public funded organizations institutions right Mm. across the country okay so they're very much like that beneath that there's a a moral crisis isn't there because they're obsessed with sex they're obsessed with kink they're imbuing that with some kind of intellectualism that it just doesn't have it's Mm. classic identitarianism Mm. Uh, and what's it what's it doing for them you've already said there's there's a there's a a backlash from uh, from uh, twitter you know so mm. people are boycotting them like there's no tomorrow. they've actually taken that they've taken it down, down but even okay. so mm. yeah they, they're, they're boycotted like there's no tomorrow okay they've demonized and alienated most of their workforce in the UK who tend to be older uh gender critical feminist women you know that's, do that's they really, yeah right, well that's okay. who work you know they yeah, they, yeah. they volunteer in Oxfam shops mm. and finally of course um the trans uh the trans lobby the psychotic trans lobby has turned on them uh, so they're getting it from in 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 a perfect symmetry they're getting it from all angles and and quite rightly they should
0: do but the thing is, is, is I think the point you made is they shouldn't even really be Doing this, should they? I mean, yeah. you know, do they get any government money at all, or I don't. I don't know if don't
1: they do. do uh, that. Right Maybe yeah, I, the, I through, think through gift they do. Stuff like yeah,
2: that. I think they do, and it was stopped because of one of the scandals. I think in two thousand and eighteen, it was withheld. But I think, I think, it, I, I'm not quite. Viewers will know. It's easy enough to Google. Uh,
0: but, but I think, I, I think that they you know, they're being funded again. There were a couple of. We've, we're showing it on the screen actually at the moment you can see this is one of the images from the video and you can see there's that JK Rowling type character in the middle. The other two, one looks a bit like Ron DeSantis and the album that even it's been suggested was Andy, our very own Andy No, Andy No. oh yes. Wow. So they've it all is, been given is. these kind of strange mandarin type sort of
1: Yes, I mean this is what strikes struck me first when I saw the the racism. Well firstly it it was the clear, when you look at how it was drawn you can see it was drawn almost with an aggression Mm. there's a hatred in the way that the sharp lines and the whole thing just to me exudes viciousness and spite and hate which is Mm. odd from a supposedly loving tolerant organisation but then you look at it yes it's anti-women it's you know it's it's misogynistic uh, this portrayal of J.K. Rowling, and then you get this curious, you know, sort of, you know, uh, anti, anti, um, anti-Asian look mm, because you've got mm. two two characters, both of whom look like Charlie Chan, nineteenth-century like um, orientals, yeah, isn't it? Isn't it? it, it yeah. It's, exactly, it's exactly the same thing with, yeah. with the Yellow Peril, yeah. and uh, you've got A- Andy No, one of our great friends, on there too. I mean, so we got you're ticking every box, <laughs> or what you're not supposed to be ticking. We're so inclusive. <laughs> And you say, what's what's went through their head that they would think that this was in any way appropriate? And that just goes to mm. show how blinkered. When you're so indoctrinated by this mm. rabid, uh, vapid ideology, sure. it blinds you to the very realities that we can see about about us. In much the same way as that cartoon in the Guardian not so long ago, which portrayed the anti- the, which yeah. portrayed the anti-Semitic yeah. uh, rend- rendering of yes. uh, whatever his name was. It's yes. so the same the same thing. Yes um
0: yes exactly that was the guy who was the chairman of the board of governors chairman of the yeah of the board of governors and uh, yes it was outrageous mm. um you know they, they do look i mean like even the this, the the form of the cartoon was sort of very mid-century propaganda mm. wasn't it? Mm. It was all hellfire it, it
2: really was but the the, the really <coughs> funny thing is, is what always happens afterwards so they say mm. we made a mistake you know like Basil Fawlty I'm so sorry I made a mistake mm. uh, and then there's this ridiculous um, statement that they make which is you know we believe in inclusion we think people should be able to love as much as they can do and we believe that so much. We're, we're dealing in, in misogyny. We're dealing in racial stereotypes. We're being mm. completely and utterly hateful. Mm. Yeah, it really mm. shows how captured these people are. So, anybody, if you're, you know, if if, if you're contributing to Oxfam, if you're, you know, if you're giving donations, oh, for, don't God's, them sake, them. Sake, for no. God's sake, for God's sake, and of course they have yeah.
1: they have a, their, their strongest presence is in is sub-Saharan Africa yeah. and Africa, <laughs> where of course the, the views that they espouse are completely opposite to the <laughs> mainstream views of the people that they're trying to help, and I'm not mm. sure how well they w- they would be received mm. if they tried that there.
0: These are uh, these, uh, Oxfam were like uh, th- these charities that were real pillars mm. of our society. I mean you know growing up, Oxfam, everyone knew, yeah. everyone knew. You know, if you didn't, eat, you know, I don't care, give it to Oxfam. Yeah, yeah. You know it was that. Like, <laughs> or the RSPCA was oh no. another one, they, they yeah. were by word for integrity and RNLI
2: but, yeah. but but again this is that you know as we said last week this is like the march through the institutions yes, yes, isn't it you yes. know the facade, the word yeah. has nothing to do now and the history has <laughs> nothing to do with, with what it is now which is just a, 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 a bunch of extreme
0: activists the other thing as well about this sort of thing is, is that they would have put that out to an agency to, yeah. to make that video and it's almost guaranteed now that all creative agencies particularly in that sort of sphere or whatever will be woke. Oh yeah. So it's not they don't even have to give them a brief it's just they that's their that's their outlook that's the way they look at everything. But you
1: you, you mentioned uh, uh, an important point here which is that charities and the voluntary sector make up the backbone of British Mm, civil society Mm. and we we in a large part invented that in this country Mm. in the 19th century Mm -hmm and then you see in Scandinavia a bit and then of course through the commonwealth Canada, mm. Australia they've got St John's Ambulance and the Girl Guides <laughs> and so forth Christine but it's egg. largely a, a British creation mm. and it really helps explain in one way how we had social cohesion because mm. it was these things and the Women's Institute mm. all of these organisations helped to weave people into the fabric mm. of the nation and when that backbone starts to crack mm. well that's never a good thing for a, for mm. a human or for a nation mm.
2: But mm. It's, it's gender ideology isn't it, you mentioned the Women's Institute that it was only a, a few weeks ago that they were in convulsions weren't they about should they allow trans women into into mm, their spaces mm, should mm. you know should that be should be, should that be inclusive mm. is that what inclusivity means as far as the Women's Institute is concerned yeah. so it's another one and they're toppling like dominoes
0: this uh you know this country has always been just remarkable in its voluntary giving mm. in its charitable mm. work I mean just remarkable mm. and You know it seems to me that when the society starts to fragment yes um basically that is one of the things going back to what we talked about last time Robert Putnam you know boring Mm. alone that's one of the things that goes well I think I I think
2: I think one of the key things there you're talking actually about the Christian ethic aren't you that's very much part Mm. of of what Mm. that is Um, and 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 we don't have that now not certainly not in public life that's been removed Mm. you know transplanted with with a gender ethic and and Mm. with with the identity politics and you know we we worship gender or you know we're we're coerced into worshipping gender and we're we're, we're coerced into worshipping the environment. And
1: as you say those people who volunteer are overwhelmingly women, Mm. overwhelmingly Mm -hmm. middle aged to retired, Mm. uh, overwhelmingly white. Mm. Mm.
0: Mm. Actually I mean I find myself now, isn't it terrible how one's our, our public life can become so threadbare, I mean yeah. my attitude now when people approach in the streets like charitable people but it's one of suspicion, mm. it's one of kind of it's tragic. Yes, not exactly sort of hostility but sort of like well I wonder how much your CEO mm. is paid, mm. things mm. like that because mm. the charity sector generally has mm. g- gone to the roof you know people get mm. uh, 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 the people who run them get like 500 grand you know and people, you know, little old ladies who give—they think that this money's going to, you know. Oh, it's
2: it's, it's going to uh, ideologically driven. Mm. It's, it's the charity, you know, the charity sector is up there in terms of wokeness, mm. and then the you know publishing is mm. there, but it's it's the, it's at the vanguard of this yes. kind of stuff. Yes. But I, ju- you know, I, I said before it's tragic, and I think it is because I'm sat here thinking, good. Mm-hmm. I hope Oxfam goes mm-hmm. under, I hope Oxfam disappears. Yeah, so now, isn't that awful, that, you know?
0: Yeah. That's just awful. I just want to talk as well, just briefly as well about uh, this report, I mentioned it from Johns Hopkins Un- it's a University isn't it, in mm. Chicago in a huge global uh, survey about the effect of lockdown whether in fact it was a good policy or not, that basically mm. in a nutshell it was a disaster, mm. that's what they're sort of saying um, Some extraordinary statistics such as uh, the lockdown in Britain saved something like 1,700 lives, in other words purely lockdown alone, Mm. Mm. but essentially it's saying all the things that so many of us said so many people came onto this channel and many others mm. to talk about and said mm. and I do notice that Peter Hitchens quite rightly has been going, you know, has been, been interviewed by mm. by mm. various media outlets today so more or less saying, you know, I told you so. Mm. This was monumental wasn't mm. it? Well there are so many stats that you can
2: look through and mm. just be aghast at every single one you've already said one: seventeen hundred 1700 people, you know. Mm. Uh, there's another one, you talk about Peter, um, he was talking I think it was with Mike Graham and, and there's a statistic which is just mind-blowing, um, young men between 16 and 39 I think, before lockdown, mm. the, per- the, the percentage of them being depressed, riddled with anxiety, mental mm. illness and all the rest of it was about under 5%, yeah. after lockdown it's closer to 25%, yes. 25%! Darkly. But no. what, was, what was really moving was Peter's response to that. You know, it's just he was. It's very rare that Peter Hitchens yes, is speechless. I thought he was. That. He yeah, was speechless, yes, wasn't he? Yes, you know? yes, and I couldn't believe it. I really couldn't believe, yes, it. Really yeah, couldn't believe yeah.
1: it. And what you have to remember, of course, is that um, those 1,700 lives that were saved because of uh, lockdown were people who were in high-risk factors. Mm-hmm people who were in, in mm. their 80s, mm. in their 90s, mm. who had comorbidities, mm. who likely would have died within months if not years, and I, d- I doubt <laughs> any of them would be alive now, 3 three years later. Was that really worth the expense of all those people who now had, didn't have their cancer diagnosed yes. for 3 years? Yeah. All those people who had heart attacks and, mm. didn't, and died, because they couldn't get ambulances to come right. to them. I broke my ankle at the same time, it took uh, 6 hours for an ambulance to arrive, mm. You know, I phoned 999 and yeah. got an engaged signal mm. because everybody was phoning because they had a sniffle and mm-hmm. they were phoning up there. Mm-hmm. Um, all of those school children who've now had their learning uh, abilities and their cognitive skills decline mm-hmm. and they're now having crises in schools with children acting up and, and playing up and all the people who couldn't attend funerals and yeah. so forth when you look at all of the, di- of the difficulties and our economy our city is decimated still haven't recovered and still haven't recovered I mean you actually know, you can, yes London
2: I mean just just one point about mm. that um the fundamental nature of the assault on children little children is is unbelievable I mean you know some of them um cannot communicate because in, when they were, I'm talking about very young children here because when they were infants and, and toddlers they never saw people's mouths move mm, you mm, know yeah. and some of them can't even go to the toilet properly I, I heard on the news the other day so yeah. I mean it's mm, it's mm. it's so fundamental that's the
0: point they couldn't see people's mouths moving they couldn't
2: see people's mouths moving
0: see, the, the, and now it's gradually, all is gradually unfold, unfolding isn't it? Yeah. So, that masks for example didn't really make a blind bit of difference and in fact the thing is what was terrible about it is that the facts never changed from the beginning Mm. and there was a colossal loss of nerve wasn't there Mm. but the facts were certain people were prone to it right and that most people it was a very low kind of risk, masks made very little difference all coming from the the World Health Mm. Organisation not Boris Johnson's government or anything like that and yet all of those things were turned on their head Mm. and we're still living I, I think the effect of this whole thing, uh, we still haven't quite grappled with, mm. actually. And, I, and, and the visceral
2: hatred you were visited with in the street, oh, yeah, if yeah. you if if you if you weren't wearing a mask and you should have been, or or you or you'd just forgotten to put mm. one on, you know, mm. you, you you were you were you know rounded upon mm. and, and you know attacked. And
1: also, we 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 had exploded the idea that the Englishman valued his liberties, yeah. the idea that we were different from Johnny Foreigner yeah. on the continent mm-hmm. that an Englishman's home is his castle mm-hmm. and that he values uh, liberty above above all else mm-hmm. and we know of course that even today a majority of Britons would mm-hmm. favour going into a lockdown yes, uh, if there was a yeah, the resurgence of Covid yeah. and of course interestingly this story I read in the Telegraph, I haven't read it in the Guardian or elsewhere no, yeah. and you wonder will the BBC give as much coverage so this great finding about lockdowns' mm-hmm. damages, as they've done, you know, to, to every, every other story, which they gave great, they gave great attention to stuff like that was pro lockdown. But, but or will the, they give it to this? But the
2: good thing about this is this: this is just the first step or the first set of findings, because there's going to be fine you know, in, in ten years' time, all the children we're talking about, you know, when they when they when they've got psychosis, when they can't when they cannot socialise at all, and, and I'm not exaggerating there. If you don't see people, mm. if you don't see people's mouths, if you can't see them smile then that's going to have a massive impact on you in later life so we're going to be measuring these things at at 10-year intervals and it's never going to go away certainly not in our lifetime. Well just
1: NHS waiting lists which are now Mm. 10, 20, 30, 50 times longer Mm. than they would have been had it not been for for Covid, Mm. that's what's really scary Mm. people having Mm -hmm. to wait years Mm -hmm. something that would have been a few weeks wait. Mm. I think there are some things that um, you know
0: I say a permanent, I, I remember at the time thinking we're never going to come out of this the same way um, and uh, I was a little obviously being a little pessimistic because uh, we have you know, life is kind of resumed but uh, there is a feeling for me of the stuffing being knocked out of things I mean mm. when you talk about cities in particular cities I think that what we've seen now cities have probably peaked all right. cities I mean not just London
1: um,
0: it, it, you know footfall in your city, in Mm, Leeds, mm, is mm. down 40% and of course
2: course Leeds relies very heavily on retail so so, so it has a massive
0: impact and also in Birmingham I think it's about 35% Mm. in London, in the City of London 55% Oh God, 55% Mm. that's the City of London right Mm. so the City of London was always famously quite quiet at the weekends Mm. right Mm. but there are a lot of businesses there whether they are clothes shops, whether they're sandwich shops shoe shop whatever relied on on people being around Uh, people just have not gone back uh, right and you also see it in the west end actually and of course the the the, the sector that's
2: been really decimated is the creative industries live music Mm. uh, Mm. comedy all of those places that they they really haven't recovered I know lots of musicians and 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 they're still
0: struggling you know Mm. still struggling you know it's not (coughs) (coughs) we've had a terrible time if you think in this country if you take Brexit mm. and then the aftermath of Brexit when mm. we were all talking on this channel about this attempt to thwart the thing and then it was you know basically followed up by by Covid and like you Ray Fanship that was one of the worst I remember with Brexit I sort of felt ah oh, the institutions are no longer what I thought they were yeah with Covid mm. maybe the people yeah. are no longer what I thought they were because mm. the sheer level of compliance mm. and that real petty Jobsworth mm. thing mm. came out mm. it was quite extraordinary wasn't it's, it?
2: It's what I was saying at the beginning of, of, of this show it's that idea of crisis isn't it mm. and we're suffering from crises on so many levels you know practical, emotional, intellectual we, we it seems as though we're, we're, we're floundering, around, floundering mm. around and we don't know what to do because everything that helped us make sense of our lives and helped us communicate with other people all of those all of that um, framework has been taken away and 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 it's been taken away piecemeal because you've just described it Mm. Um, and it's very depressing Well one of the
1: things I found most interesting was how it made me realise how we are not uh, the independent actors we actually thought we were because if you look at people living in Canada Mm. and in America here Sweden and say Hungary the all, the average person has a radically different mm. view of Covid and what mm. to do than uh, the, the people in another country. Mm. Government and the media mm. actually mm. dictated and formed public opinion mm. Mm. and that's why it, it was odd on Facebook for example, if you made a post on Facebook that, that could have, it could have violated your country's mm. rules on medicine, it would be blocked but it would be allowed if yeah. someone posted that mm. in in another country mm. and mm. that's what I found very fascinating mm. If if we had lived in well not us because we we, we rejected the whole thing but my friends who live in Canada, my friends who live here Mm. have very different attitudes towards Covid and Mm. I find that interesting. Mm.
0: Mm. There is a sort of uh, a sense in which for for me anyway it was like uh, it revealed a lot of things that had already taken place in society Mm. you know Mm. that essentially people said oh uh, I was reading I think it was Janet Daly saying we were infantilized by lockdown. Uh, Well I think (laughs) we were infantilized before actually and it just revealed Mm. it I mean and Mm. also this fetish we have now for vulnerability Yeah, safety you know, every, it yeah. was like a it, it, sounds, it sounds really kind of harsh but it was like a kind of celebration of just how vulnerable you can be I'm mm-hmm. not denying people were ill and died because that's mm-hmm. obviously what happened but it was sort of like a it was like this strange sort of, it was almost part you know when, when you saw that uh, Holly um, Willoughby mm-hmm. Uh, that statement uh, this week, uh, uh, but it was the same kind of thing, sort of strange kind of supine sort of belief in in, in vulnerability. Well
2: vulnerability is a currency isn't it that people just use Mm. you know if you're you're vulnerability you'll use it, you'll use Mm. it to your advantage and, and I see that in in every day
0: anyway one especially. thing that Harry did say uh, which is not his place to say really but he did say that uh, the press should hold the government to account um, just because someone said it uh, please of course that's what didn't happen during that whole period mm-hmm. unbelievable mm-hmm. you know they never even asked did they where this thing came from I mean you know, or rather, if you did... Or if you, you did, you are a conspiracy you, theorist, you, you, yes, or you or were a racist. racist. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, extraordinary. Yeah. Anyway, it's no longer here, but we're living with the after effects. Yeah. Philip, thank you. Thank you very much, and uh, Thank you too for watching, and um, hope to see you next... Oh no, no show next week, I'm very sorry. Um, but the week after there will be. So we shall see you then. Thanks very much. Hello, if you're enjoying the New Culture Forum channel, and you believe in our mission, may I invite you to join our membership scheme at the link below or on our website newcultureforum.org.uk. Our work is more important now than ever and we have great plans ahead for the future but we can't do it without your support. From as little as £3 per month you can help ensure that we continue on our mission. As a member you'll receive a range of benefits including access to exclusive content, invitations to our private events, including here at our studios, free copies of our books, and much, much more, including, of course, our famous NCF mug. If you aren't able to become a member, then please help us by clicking this button and subscribing to our channel. It's completely free. Just remember to also click the bell icon So that you can get notifications when we post new videos. Thank you.